pray. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We pray now, Lord, as we enter into this service this time, I pray, oh God, that your will might be done as we speak to this people. Let it be all of you and none of me, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're only going to speak just a few moments today, and we're going to talk about the return of the banished. I believe that, as I said, that one of the things that has it overwhelms me whenever I begin to pray and begin to talk to the Lord. The thing that overwhelms me the most is the love of God and how that God loves me so much that He would care enough to save my soul and to bless me in so many fantastic ways. I mean, uh, I am blessed of the Lord. Somebody was telling us the other day how uh, he was thankful. In fact, it was at the carnival. So one of the guys was telling me how that uh, God can bless you with this and this and this and this and this and this. And he's telling me all this stuff. And I looked at him and I said, I've got all that. Amen. I've got all that. God has blessed me with all of that and a little bit more. Praise the Lord. He is just such a wonderful God. Amen. And if you're here today and you don't feel loved and you don't feel like that God loves you, I want you to know that He does. He loves you. And before I get through, I hope that you will understand that. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, it says this, God's speaking to you through the prophet Jeremiah. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord plans to prosper you. He wants you to be prosperous, not just in finances, but prosperity in your, all of your life, your entire life, prosper you and not to harm you. It is the devil's job to harm you. The Bible said uh, the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But God said, I come to give you life and life abundant. God wants to bring life. And so it's not to harm you. He said, I've got plans to give you hope and a future. He said, I don't see a good future. I don't see any hope. Looks like everything's going down. God said, I've got some plans for you. I've got plans to give you hope and a future. He said, you will call upon me and I will come and pray. You will come and pray to me and I will listen to you. All you have to do is say, Lord, I need you. And he's going to be there. Hallelujah. So many people, they try everything there is to try. And then they try the Lord. That's the last one. You know, they say, well, I've tried everything else. I might as well try, try God. No, you might as well just go ahead and try him first and get right at it because he's the one that's going to help you. Praise the Lord. He said, you're going to come, you're going to pray. And he said, I'm going to be listening. I'm going to hear what you have to say. He said in verse 13, he said, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek with, for me with all of your heart. He said, I will be found of you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I'm going to bring you back from where you're uh, captive, where the devil has taken you and caused you to lose out. I'll bring you back from captivity and I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back to the place for which I have carried you into exile. Then in 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 13, he says, Like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be recovered, we must die. That's the only sad thing we have to say to you today is that all of you is going to die. <laughs> you know, it's a one out of one. You know, everybody dies. You say, well, you know, I think I'm going to live forever. Well, I got news for you. You won't make it. Fifty years from now, this congregation will be totally changed. It'll be a different congregation here. Why? Because the Bible says that we're like water spilled on the ground, cannot be taken up again. We all must die. But God does not take away life. Instead, instead, He devises ways so that a banished person may remain 
may not remain estranged from him. He doesn't want you to remain estranged from him. He doesn't want you to remain out there in the world in captivity and without a hope. He wants to bring his banished home. You see, it's sin that banishes man from God. Adam and Eve were banished from paradise because of sin. The only reason that people will be banished from heaven is because of sin. Sin and God do not go together. For God is holy and God is love. The carnal mind is not subject to the law of God. And we like sheep have all gone wandering astray. And we are hopelessly sometimes in a world of sin. But Jesus loves his banished children and he wants to bring them back to him. That's what drove him to the cross. That's what caused him to die on the cross was for the sins of mankind. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world. He loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's how much he loved. He loved it enough to give his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but could come to everlasting life. Everlasting life. Not death, but life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God plans ways for bringing the banished back to himself. You see, it's sin that Melvin was talking about this morning, all those sins that he had written down there on that paper. Sin, it produces confusion in our lives and it runs against the desires of God. And sometimes it lays such a strong hold upon the human heart that only the infinite wisdom of God can find ways by which to bring that person back to himself. But God knows how to bring the banished home. Amen. God sent his son into the world as a sacrifice for sins. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4 says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Why did he do that? To redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. What does that mean? It mean redeem from the law, the law of sin and death. He came that he might redeem us from the law of sin and death. And not only just to redeem us from the law of sin and death, but the Bible says that he wanted to give back to us what he had given to Adam in the first place, and that was the right to be a son of God. Amen. He says, and because you are sons, God sent his spirit of his son into your heart. And the spirit that comes into your heart cries out, Abba, Father, amen. Once again, back into perfect relationship with your father. Hallelujah. I thought of a story that I read one time from Joni Erickson Tata's book, Heaven is Our Eternal Place. She talked about this little boy that was at camp. And at the end of the camp, everybody was talking about, you know, how much they enjoyed the camp and how much fun they'd had. And this little boy, he came up and it was his turn. And he said, I've had a really good time here. But he said, I really want to go home. I really want to go home. And uh, they asked him, I said, what do you say? He said, because I want to see my father. Amen. And that's kind of the way it is with us sometimes. You know, we're in this world and we love to be with each other and we like being here because the family of God's a great bunch of people. But really down inside of us, there's a desire to go home and see our Father. Hallelujah. We want to go see the one that saved us. Amen. And brought us out of a world of sin into this great and glorious salvation that each and every one of us enjoy today. 
Amen. I saw this picture. I didn't have time to get it up there. But there was this picture of it showing where uh, the, the man comes home to God. And he's in the arms of the Lord. And he's got his crown there beside of him. You know, God says we're going to get a crown one of these days. But when you come to the presence of the Lord, you're not going to be concerned about a crown. The only thing you're going to be thinking about is the fact that you want to see your father. Amen. The one that gave you salvation. And it goes on to say, so now you're no longer a slave, but now you're a son. And since you're a son, God has made you an heir. An heir, what? To a kingdom. Hallelujah. He came to set up a kingdom. And each and every one of you today that have given your heart to the Lord, you are an heir to all that God has provided for every one of you. And it would take me the rest of the day to tell you about all the things that God has made you an heir unto. God sent his son into this, and of his spirit, he sent his spirit into this world to help us overcome sin. Luke 24, 49 says, But behold, I send the promise of my Father unto you, but tarry you into Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He gave you power to resist sin. Power to be a son and not a slave to sin. He gave you power to overcome. Romans 8 and 2 says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has now made me free from the law of sin and death. Turned your whole life around and got you going in the right direction. God's restoring love is always reaching out to the brokenhearted. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give eternal life to them and they shall never perish, but no one shall snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. Doesn't that just give you comfort today? To know that He's in your hand and that nobody and nothing can get you out of His hand. The only one can get out, only way you get out of there is you get out yourself. Because as long as you want to be in there, nothing is going to be able to separate you from the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I love this Zechariah chapter 10 and 8. He said, I will whistle for them and they will, and I will whistle for them and gather them and I will redeem them. In the King James it says, I will hiss for them. And I Looked at that real closely. It's kind of about the shepherd that the, the sheep know the voice of their shepherd. I heard this story one time when they said all those Judean shepherds used to get together and, and when they'd talk and everything, well, all the sheep would start mixing together. But whenever the end of the day, when they were ready to go to their different places, well, each shepherd would just take off and they'd just start whistling. And all those sheep, they just begin to follow the path of where their shepherd was going. They just knew the whistle of their shepherd. I don't know if you know it today, but down inside of you, there's a homing device. There's a homing device that really what you really want is Almighty God. You want to come home to your Father. You've tried to fill yourself with everything under the sun, trying to make yourself happy, but you're never going to make yourself happy with the things of this world. What's inside of you says, what I want most is my Father. What I want most is to see Him someday and to see Him in peace. Hallelujah. 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 Romans 8, 38 said, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Zechariah, Jeremiah 31 and 3, the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love and I have drawn you with loving kindness. Loving kindness. They asked the little boy one time, the little orphan boy, they asked him, they said, what's loving kindness? He says, well, he said, most of the time, every day we get, we get bread and we get butter on it. He said, that's all, that's love. He said, man, it's fantastic. I know they love us. They give us bread and butter every day. But he says, once in a while, he said, they even put jam on it. And that's loving kindness. Hallelujah. Man, you get some jam on there. That's loving kindness. The Bible said he not only loved us with an everlasting love, but he loves us with loving kindness. Hallelujah. Get double your pleasure when you serve Jesus Christ. Loving kindness. God devises ways for the restoration of those who backslide against him. You may have gone away from God, but I want you to know that God is always reaching out to you. He's always trying to bring you back. How does he do that? He does it by chastisement. He does it with a rod of correction. He doesn't strike you, but he'll push you this way and he'll push you that way and he'll prod you this way and try to work you back into his kingdom. Always trying to get you there. He'll do it through frustrations. All kinds of frustrations come up in your life. What's he trying to do? Drive you back to him. He does it through pain. He does it through sufferings. Sometimes I watch people, one person told me the other day, he said, well, I can't serve the Lord right now. I'm just too busy. I thought in my mind, well, there's going to come a time when you're not going to be too busy because a tragedy and suffering comes to the life of everybody. And sometimes that pain and that suffering in that when you're laid up in that hospital bed, you start thinking about, hey, I better get my life right because, you know, I'm not going to live here forever. God has a way of bringing his banished home. He brings you home by the voice of the soul winner, that one that is constantly saying, hey, come on, serve the Lord. I told people all day yesterday, see you in church, see you in church, see you in church. <laughs> They're not here yet, but I was prodding them. See you in church, see you in church. He does it with his soul winners. He does it with your conscience because you know where you ought to be. You know you ought to be serving God. That's that heart of the man that is always telling him, he needs to, he, you need to serve the Lord. He does it by the pleading of the Spirit. He does it by the many events in your life that cause the wayward child of God to feel lonely and bitter and apart from God. Go to number 15. The wages of sin is death, but God does not want to take away life. But as I said, he devises means by which those who deserve to die are brought back to him. He loves everybody. He loves everybody. Not just you, but he loves everyone. Look at Matthew 5, 45. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. The long suffering and the patience of God is only to give him time to bring his banished home. 2 Peter 3 and 9 said, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, but he is patient with you. He's patient with you, not wanting anybody to perish, but everybody to come to repentance. 1 Peter 3, 18, For Christ died for the sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous. He died for you. Why did He do that? To bring you to God. That's why He did it. Hallelujah. I think of the prodigal son. Now that He was, he was a type of Jesus our Father, and how that when that prodigal son came home, how that father, the Bible said, the father ran to meet him. How in the world did the father know he was coming home on that day? Very simple. 
Every day he went out there and probably went up on top of his house. They used to have, you know, flat roofs where they'd go up on top of their house. Probably go up on their house. He'd look out there and he'd pray. He'd watch for that son to come home. And one day his prayers was answered. Hallelujah. The Bible said, man, he went running. He went running to that son. I want you to know something. God's ready to meet you halfway. You say, I don't know if I can go home. God's ready to meet you halfway. Hallelujah. He'll be running to you as fast as you're running to him. He's just waiting on you to turn around and come back to him. That's what he's waiting on. He knows how to bring his banished home. Hallelujah. On the cross, Jesus Christ stretched out his arms as wide as he could get them. As wide as he could get them. If you saw that movie, The Passion of the Christ, remember they stretched those arms out. In fact, they even pulled his arm out a little further until they pulled his arm out a socket to get his arms wide enough. What was he saying? I love you this much. Not only do I love you this much, but he had his hands nailed in that position to say, I'm going to stay here. Why? I'm going to die for you, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you back to God. That's how much he loved you. He loved you so much that he said, I love you with all of my heart, with all of my everything within me to bring you back to me. This song explains it in a nutshell. Songs will do that. It says the years had left scars. The scars had left pain. He, how could he recognize me? I wasn't the same. I knew I should pay and I knew the price for justice and law demanded my life. But his tender heart heard my desperate cry and he saw my past through merciful eyes. Beautiful, that's how mercy saw me. Though I was broken and so lost, mercy looked at all my faults. The justice of God saw what I had done, but mercy saw me through the sun. Not what I was, but what I could be. That's how mercy saw me. Wherever you've gone, you can't go too far that his eyes of mercy can't see you where you are. He loves you too much to leave you alone. You're flesh of his flesh and bone of his bone. And his heart cries out for your heart today. See yourself through his eyes and then you will say, beautiful, that's how mercy saw me. Though I was broken and so lost, mercy looked at all my faults. The justice of God saw what I had done, but mercy saw me through the sun. Not what I was, but what I could be. That's how mercy saw me. Sin had stolen my dignity and all my self-esteem. Is that the way you feel sometimes? But I was made brand new again when mercy looked at me. Not what I was, but what I could be. That's how Jesus saw me. That's how Jesus saw me, folks. Not what I was, but what I could be. That humbles me, folks. That humbles me. Dottie Rambo said, wrote this song. It says, Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. He looked beyond my fault. And he saw my need. She said, I shall forever lift my eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. How marvelous the grace that caught my falling soul. He looked beyond my faults and he saw my need. 
And that's what Jesus Christ did for me. He looked beyond my faults and he saw my needs. If you're here today and the Lord has touched your heart, I want you to know that Jesus Christ wants you to come to this altar today. He wants you to come and give your heart to him. And he's like that, he's like that father of the prodigal. He's ready to receive you. As we all stand today, if you desire to give your heart to Jesus Christ, I want you to meet me down here at this altar. Hallelujah. I want you to come home to the Father today. I'm not the Father, but I'm going to stand in His place as a representative today. Hallelujah. I want to receive you back into the kingdom today. I want to receive you for Jesus Christ into the kingdom of God. Can we say that song, You Look Beyond My Faults? Amazing Grace Will you come today? Today is your day. Give your heart to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. For it was oh, grace that brought my liberty. Yes, But he looked beyond